EFTM Tech Cars Lifestyle This is the EFTM Podcast with Trevor Long EFTM I've decided to do the show standing up I don't think you'll notice <laughs> and I don't know why I told you that Because it really doesn't matter Thank you for listening, thank you for downloading the EFTM Podcast um, Once again with you here on a uh, weekly occasion To help you with your tech questions and tech problems um, there's a little bit of tech talk as well, um, but all the tech news of the week is often covered through Two Bugs Talking Tech at the uh, later part of the week with Stephen Fennick. Um, if you're subscribed to this show on the EFGM uh, feed, thank you and uh, great to have your company here on a Tuesday afternoon likely. If you're listening through the Two Bugs Talking Tech feed, welcome. Great to have your company. I do this every week and I it's like a talkback radio show, but you can't ring me because I don't have a switchboard and a producer and a call screener. It's just me. Uh, so if you have got a tech question, just go to the website, eftm.com. Click on Ask Trev. I will try my very best to uh, get in touch with you. I record on a Tuesday morning slash early afternoon, so I'm ringing people regularly. If you get a call from a private number on a Tuesday morning, could be me. Um, and there's at least five or six people who didn't answer their phone today. So sorry, folks. I got to other people. Um, but great to have your company, as always. Um, We've got a lot to get through, um, some fascinating calls to get through today, um, including a, a learning lesson for us all, which will kick us off very shortly. Um, I want to tell you about the uh, the new laws that are happening in New South Wales. In fact, a couple of New South Wales-oriented stories, with apologies to those in other states, but it could be relevant in other ways, and that is that New South Wales is trialling e-scooters, and you can vote via mobile phone in New South Wales. Giddy up. But the one thing we've got to address right now is the thing I announced at the uh, during the show last week, and that is the LG TV giveaway. Unbelievable number of people have entered that competition, and it's awesome. But I really want, you know, a, a loyal, regular listener, reader to win. you got to know I, I talk about this competition. With, with a competition like this, I talk about it on the radio as well. A lot of radio stations are happy to help me promote this because, you know, I, I, I talk to them all year for not, nothing. So why not help me promote this? Um, so there's been a lot of app downloads this week, a lot of new entries, um, but it'd still be awesome if it was an EFTM long-time listener or a new listener um, or someone from the EFTM man cave. So all you got to do, and it's funny, and it is, it's an amazing social experiment for me. The, um, I posted about this competition in another Facebook group I'm in because I just joined it and they knew who I was and it was kind of, you know, why not? Um and two or three people are like, yeah, awesome, thank you. And a couple other people are like, I don't want to give my details to anyone. You know what? I don't sell your details to anyone. It's just me, Trev. That's who's got your details. And you know what I do with them? Put them in a database. And I send an email now and then. I haven't sent an email for three months to the point where, because I sent an email, lots of people went, I don't normally get that, and they unsubscribed, and I got marked as bloody spam at my mail sender. Like, I don't actually... I don't get in touch much. <laughs> I really don't. Um, I don't think I abuse the data that I have. I think I upset a few people during the car comp by sending text messages. But, you know, again, that was because people hadn't finished their uh, their submission. They'd half submitted to enter the competition, and I didn't want them to think they were in, but not. Um, this method of competition entry is the, the vision I always had earlier in the year when we started building the app. It's that... I want you all to have the EFTM app. That's what I want. If you've got an Android phone, I'm sorry, I still don't have an app that is 
useful during the day, but it is useful to get an EFTM ID. And I want you to use that physical ID to enter this competition. Think of it like a membership code, okay? That's all it is. It's a unique code that is only for you. And it validates for me that you are a real person because you need to verify uh, uh, an SMS and an email to get that code. That's how, so I don't have to jump through hoops to get you entering competitions. See, what happens is if I put this competition online and you just had to fill in a form, there'd be 10,000 people enter it. And you know what? The chances of the winner being someone who knows what EFTM is, let alone knows who I am, is, is very small. So stuff that. Let's make it someone who at very least has been to the website once, you know, knows what we are. Um, and hopefully it's someone um, that knows what we do. And so the mechanism is have the app. Get yourself an EFTM ID. Think of it like, like a membership code, or, uh, a membership number. Go to the website, you put the number in and, you, and you're in. You're in the draw. Um, I have big, bigger visions for the EFTM ID and I hope that maybe in 2022 we'll be able to bring some of those to you like you know, making it a, a applicable at some online stores to give you discounts or special offers, that'd be cool. Like imagine you could go to an online retailer and get discounted shipping or percentage off just by entering your unique EFTM ID. And in the future, who knows? You go to a retail store, bricks and mortar, and you show them your ID code and they scan it and bingo, you get a discount there. Who knows, right? I'm just saying that's the kind of community I want to build. And all you got to do, is have the EFTM app, have an EFTM ID, go to EFTM.com and you can enter to win. The chances of winning are high if you do those things. Trust me, I've worked in doing competitions for a very, very, very long time. And the old adage that you've got to be in it to win it is genuinely true because you'll be amazed how few people enter things because of that friction point of, oh, I've got to do something else now. The chances here of winning an $8,399 TV, yet people go, ah, oh, I've got to get my mobile phone. No. Oh, I've got to download an app. No. That's fine. I don't want you. But if you're a listener, then you're engaged and all you've got to do is download the app. So the EFTM app is available on Android and iOS. The iOS app is genuinely the EFTM app. It's a great way for you to get notifications about when we write new stories. It's a great place to read the, the, the site, the, the magazine, if you want to look at it that way. On Android, it's just a way to get your ID. That's it. Um, and I'm thinking of replying to one of these, you know, Indian developer people who always spam me and say, fine, give me a quote for replicating that app <laughs> and see what they say for Android. But um, I'm not sure I'm flush with cash to do that right now. So we'll get to it. <clears throat> $8,399 TV. Now, that's the RRP, right? That's what LG say the price is. But I went to the good guys. This is a $6,999 TV. It's an 86-inch TV, which I'm filthy about because that's bigger than my TV. It's a QNED, which means it's mini-LED, their latest technology, the latest technology in the industry, um, which is a way of backlighting the TV. It's a step below OLED, but it's a step above everything else, right? So it's an 86-inch 4K QNED TV. I'm talking serious TV here, and I'm confident, because we're going to draw this next week, I'm confident we'll get it to you by Christmas. How good is that? Um, so that's the plan, folks. That's the plan. Go to the website, eftm.com. The links are there to download the EFTM app. Once you've got your ID, it's in the app forever, and it's easy to re-request if you lose the app or re-download it or whatever happens, but that's all you need to enter the competition. It's free. There's no 25 words required. You just need an EFTM ID.
You got to be in it to win it, folks. Seriously. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. All right, let's get cracking with calls. Paul's on the line. G'day, Paul. G'day, Trevor. How are you, mate? Paul, I'm very, very well. What Good. can I do for you, mate? I thought I'd um, alert you, your listeners to uh, a situation that arose last week in our family where my father-in-law, my wife's dad, who I'm in Brisbane, he, he's three or four hours north of us in a country town, but um, he got himself unwittingly caught up in what started as a Facebook scam and ended up in Bitcoin trading and oh, Jesus. Um, multiple accounts, all sorts of things. So I he was call, very... I had a call from a guy a few weeks ago that I don't know if you heard it, but um, um, he was it his wife that had been suckered into a scam and it definitely involved crypto. Um, yes. Look, he didn't want to go into the details because he felt really bad for her. My biggest thing was at the time, look, you know, do all the things you need to do to get it sorted. But then this is about awareness. So how did you first find out about it? Did they, like, did you find out by passing or did they ring you to say, what do I do? What happened? So a little bit of background. He's 74 and a widower, so my wife's dad. And um, he had a hard life as a removalist and retired with not a lot of money. He's on a pension. And so um, we, we bought the house that he lives in in this country town and, and, and he gets by, but he doesn't have a lot of luxuries in life. And yep. he rang my wife last Thursday to say, what do you know about Bitcoin? And, of course, she said, well, I don't know anything. What, what do you know? <laughs> and he said, oh, I'm, I'm right into it. This is the new way to make money. And so that that rang alarm bells right from yep. the start. So she, she she asked me to get involved, and we I spoke to him that that afternoon through that evening. And it took about 10 calls to tease the information out of him because mm. – as it went on, he suddenly realised that he was in some deep doo-doo and uh, he'd made some pretty bad mistakes around sharing his personal data. So so th- that was that was how it all – and so that was last Thursday, the 25th, mm. and it had all started no no more than three weeks before that. So yeah. he'd, got a, he'd got a friend request from a uh, – he'd posted on the community page that uh, the area that he lives in about, is, is, is anybody into fishing? Would you like to start a fishing club? He got a bunch yep. of responses from that. One of the responses was from somebody, of course, he never knew and turned out doesn't live in the community, but they started talking about fishing. And then this guy said, well, you need you need to talk to my friend and gave a name of another person, which was probably the same person, by the way, yeah, sitting behind yeah. the computer or wherever. But, um, and, uh, you know, she should be she's the sort of person you should be friendly with because she's in a similar situation to you. So, mm-hmm. so pass him on to another friend. They became friends on Facebook. And then in the space of 24 hours, she'd talked about much of the same things that he was feeling. I'm lonely and, yeah. um, uh, you know, it's a tough world, et cetera, et cetera. So built some trust and it pretty quickly then moved on to, I've made a lot of money. This is what she was saying to him. I've made a lot of money in Bitcoin. I've made over $250,000. It's the way of the future. It's much safer. They don't rip you off the way traditional banks do. Yeah. Why, why don't you get into this? So she she guided him to a uh, a cryptocurrency firm based out of Sydney to mm. apply for an account with them. Uh, yep. I've, I've got the, I've got the details. I can give you offline if you need it, but I won't mention names yet, just in case. But yeah. so so. But, so but she, to be clear, they're not part of the scam, right? That's just a it's just a you know, a platform. Correct. Yeah. yeah, I, I, yeah. I, look, I don't believe so. It's very no. hard to get information from these people. There's not even a phone number for them. But they have a proper ABN. They are a legitimate yep. company. Yep. But you can't contact them other than via email. But mm. um, so so she set up the account in his name, and they sent a letter through the physical mail that had a login, and yep. and, and all over the letter it says, "Don't share this. This is you know this is confidential. Don't share it." Of course, he then shared it shared with his it. new Facebook friend. Yep. She then instructed him to go. Unfortunately, uh, he shared a, 
he took a photo with his phone of his driver's license, his Medicare card, a whole bunch of personal stuff that if I'd known about this at the time. And, and we have had this conversation, by the way, only 12 months ago, he nearly got scared. Yeah, but still, he's, he's currently doing this with a, um, you know, someone who's who, who's familiar to him now. But basically, he's, he's had doing this with a friend. It doesn't feel like he's being scammed at this point. That's ex- that's exactly right, mate. And, and, and when it was playing out on Thursday night, I was saying, I, I feel for your friend. Are they really exposed? And um, and he was saying, yeah, like you know, she's she's and then as we got into it, it's not like she's not exposed at all. This is just a scam. But he truly felt that um, she was his friend and helping him all the way yeah, along. Right. So, um, so anyway, so th- so through all that personal information that um, that he shared with her, she then instructed him how to set up a um, a new bank account with a different bank to his existing bank account, mm-hmm. with, with details of which he shared with her. So that bank account was established about 10 days ago, um, about halfway through this timeline that we're talking about. Mm. And, um, and and overnight, they deposited money into his account. So as he was telling me this on the, on the Thursday night, my fear was that they were using his personal details to get an online loan. You know, the same way you could go and get a, a loan for a car or a credit card yeah. payoff or something. So what I now believe is, in fact, they were washing money because the, the money that the first transfer that came into his new account came from a person, like a physical name of a person, not not any institution, and it was three thousand five hundred dollars. And his it was Facebook deposited friends, into his account. It was deposited into his new bank account, the one that didn't exist a week beforehand. So it was and, cash. And that what, what did he be, did he know that was deposited? Because he's probably not doing online banking. Did, does... no, no. So 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 he didn't know. And she mm. said to him, "You you need to go to this bank." And he's in a country town, so it's yep. a typical country town where the banks are across the road from each other. Yep, so exactly. he went in. <laughs> he went into the bank. He he. Uh, sure enough, the three and a half thousand dollars was there. Mm. His friend said, "Keep a hundred dollars for yourself because you can buy a bottle of rum to celebrate." But I need you to take out three thousand four hundred dollars cash. And put it into your existing account. So he took the three thousand four hundred dollars out from the, the new bank account, had the cash in his hand, walked across the street to his existing bank and deposited it into his existing bank account. And then later that day, she instructed him then how to transfer that from his existing into crypto, into crypto, with oh. the money never to be seen again. So um, so 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 this is. But at this, this point, so at this point, it's not his money, right? Hundred percent. That's exactly right. So at this right. point, he's a he's a what do they call him? Ponzi or something? He's a he's he's just a bag man, really, in a in a scheme, a as stooge. you say, kind of yeah. washing yeah. money. That's exactly right. And, and 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 just quickly to put people's mind that is, he hasn't lost anything out of this because he's okay. had, uh, and it's just it's fortunate, unfortunate, well, but fortunate. He's had nothing to lose. If if he had have had money in his account or if he had have owned anything then he surely would have lost it. But they must have worked out, given access to his accounts the way they were, that he didn't have anything to actually lose. So they, they probably pivoted and thought, this is a chance to be able to wash money right. on the way through. So, right. um, And so on the Thursday evening, uh, over the course of several hours, as all this has played out, um, he's talked it through to me and then he said, oh, there's an, she's just messaged me to tell me that there's another amount of money that's gone into my account. And um and it should be there. And so, sure enough, I didn't drive to that town on Friday. I, I lodged an ACORN report with the AFP. A police friend of mine said that was the way to do it, was to was to do an ACORN report online, which is a crypto report for the AFP to get started on that. Really? So what's and it called, ACORN? ACORN. So it's it's the Australian Federal Police um, crypto report, um, which starts – it's a cyber – it's a cyber – Cyber um, report. reporting. Okay. So, right. Okay. Yep. 
So it's essentially so, um, a way of beginning the process of dealing with the AFP? Correct. That's exactly right. Because my, my police friend said, if you go into the local police station, they won't be able to help you. Of course. Because yeah. it's cyber, it's beyond their jurisdiction. Yep. It has to be an AFP thing. So I went to, I went to the town on Friday um, and we went through the process of visiting the banks and the police stations and so on. And look, they, they were wonderful. Uh, everybody was wonderful. And, and to give credit to the, to the new bank account, because that money had arrived, they said to him, look, this is technically your funds. Are you okay? If, and, and interestingly, by the way, the second lot of money that had come into his account was from an American account. So it came from a family trust in America. How, so, much, um, how much this time? A similar amount. It was three thousand two hundred and fifty dollars this time, as opposed to three and a half thousand dollars. So, so very and it's probably not the family trust account that's scamming, being scammed, or scamming. They're probably being scammed because they're and they're just moving money from um, victim to victim um, to essentially yeah. make the the chase harder. It's like a you know uh, an old fashioned um, police chase where they're turning down this street, that street, and they're just trying to get away. That's that's essentially what seems like it's going on here. So you've gone to the bank, you've, you've lodged your cyber report. So what did they say when you got to the bank? Because <laughs> there's um, three three thousand two hundred fifty bucks in there. Like, and as yeah, you say, so, that's his money. I'm thinking at this point, I'm thinking, so do you keep the money? <laughs> Huge risk and, because you don't know where these people are, or who they are, right? Oh, a hundred percent, Trev. And, and so, um, a, couple, a couple of things on that. My concern was just to go back to the start. I tried to log into his email because he'd given his email password uh, as well to this lady. That's how convincing. So yep. I tried to I tried to change his email password because I my ultimate goal was to get to his Facebook account so that she didn't delete or she in the comments yep. didn't delete the messages because that was sort of the only evidence yeah, at that stage that I had that that he was a stooge to all of this. This wasn't his own making, and um and all of that had been changed. Although fortunately there was two factor authentication with his mobile phone, so the local actually a good help in stepping me through how to do that and we ultimately ended up changing his email and his password so right. by the time i got to the bank i was confident that um, i could prove that he was innocent of you know any sinister motives he was just purely a stooge in it and mm. um and the bank quite rightly said this is technically your money at the moment albeit you know it's not really your money and um and, and they asked us if if the people that had made that transfer came wanting a refund would would my father-in-law be prepared to refund it to them? And he immediately said, of course, it's not my money. Of course I will. That, you know, mm. That's the right thing to do. And so the bank then was confident to then say, thank you for that. And um, because you've taken that approach, we will cover the initial $3,500, which is now, you know, that first transaction that went in, we'll cover that for you, you know, as to, to offset the, the loss. We'll, we'll, you won't have to be exposed to that to that because theoretically he'd walk that cash across the road. Oh, of course, because, yeah, he, he oh, you're right, because the original three and a half that he walked across the road is now lost from the original sender, yes. which was a real person, as you said. Um, wow, that's that's fascinating. Is that, and those conversations at the local branch you were having or was that on the phone to so, head office? Uh, it, it was initially, initially with the local manager and the manager had got onto their fraud team yep. at, at their head office and, and that was via the phone with whoever their fraud, wherever that person was. So yep, yep, so, yep. so that part of covering it was from the fraud team. That's um, amazing. It, it is amazing, Trev. And, and so... Um, so so the financial side of it was secured fairly quickly. His existing, we closed the the new account yep. obviously and and froze it all. And then uh, his existing or traditional banker um, immediately closed his accounts and reopened new, new accounts ones, and yeah. moved everything new over numbers. for him straight away. So they were really terrific about it. Frankly, that that whole part was very reassuring. Cumbersome, time consuming, but done. That's the critical thing, right? 
Yeah, and they introduced us to ID Care, who I'd never heard of, but I, I did hear when you were talking about a, a similar um, fraud thing a couple of weeks ago, you'd mentioned ID Care, and if, if I had have heard that podcast before this, I wouldn't have paid any attention to that name, but um, oh. but I, na- I now know the benefit of ID Care yeah. because um, they've since helped us set up um, a credit ban on temporary uh, 21 day credit ban right. under his name because, in theory, his, his identity's been stolen. So, <laughs> yep. Yep. If they wanted and to, they so, could get loans. So from just, just I, mean, I know we're skipping around here a bit, but it feels to me like the learnings here are a couple of things for people. One of them that report cyber with the, the ACORN report, and I've just kind of Googled ACORN report, but it's 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 all the AFP and it's about, um, well, it's the Australian Signals Director actually, but it's about lodging a report when you're a victim of online fraud and other things. Um, yes. But it's it can't be done um, if there's already court, um, it can't be done with a physical crime and it's not just because you've received a scam call and had no loss of money, but it's interesting because I'd never heard of that. So that's the other thing that even old mate that was affected a few weeks ago, he could and should still lodge a report if he's got all the information because at least then he may not get his money back. But it's just about case data, right? It's just about exactly the, the, the authorities have. And this is why I always say it doesn't matter whether you've lost $100,000 or 1000 bucks, report it. Um, and no, don't expect that you're going to get it back because if you've lost money, you've probably lost money, but you may well be helping other people. So you've got the report cyber, which helps the cops hopefully, you know, trace this and, and understand what's going on. You've got ID care, which helps you stop uh, after the fact, helps you know, any uh, malicious applications for loans and those kind of things um, happen and impact against you. Obviously, it would also be a nightmare if you were about to apply for a loan or a car or something like that, but there'd be methods to get around that. Um, yeah, correct. And in his case, he's not doing that anyway. He's a 74-year-old pensioner. Yeah, so. Yeah. so, But you're right. If you're a normal person that had income and you were you – know, but it's only for 21 days, so um, right. it just flags it for 21 days. So okay. that's a benefit. Uh, you can extend it, by the way, uh, yeah. but – but that's the, that's the initial period is 21 days. Because uh, what are the other things you need to change? You know, we mentioned the bank accounts, you change the email passwords, two-factor authentication. But what about the other ID things that he provided? You know, he took photos of other forms of identification, which are still valid. Like, do you get yeah. a new driver's license number? Like, No, so, so this is the bit that has frustrated me out of this, and I'm not sure this could just be a Queensland thing, but the Queensland Transport Department won't reissue uh, or won't issue a new driver's licence despite, the, like I said, we'll provide a stat deck showing that, it, that his identity has been stolen and we have this AFP ACORN receipt. But until there's a formal investigation launch, so lodging the ACORN report is it's an not investigation. Enough. That's just the start of the process. Right. So his driver's licence continues to exist as is. Me- Medicare and Services Australia were great. They they were able to, um, to change his... Um, my gov, they helped us change his my gov details, okay. but also they reissued a, a, a Medicare card for him with a change of details. Great. So he's got a new Medicare provided. card. He he yeah. he has a new bank account. He has a new, more secure email address, um, but he doesn't have yes. a new driver's license. That's the, the that's the thing that's, that's still out there. So he's at his home address and his driver's license and his date of birth are the things that are out there. Correct. Two of which can never be changed unless he moves. Um, yeah. But the driver's license is just. Like we're getting to a point, and you'll hear a bit about this, but you know, New South Wales is putting you know everything into an app, and you know, your digital driver's license, your digital birth certificate, all this kind of stuff. We're getting to the point where you'll be able to use. Actually, I did it the other day. I, I applied for a, a background check on a on a thing, which I'll talk about in a few weeks, 
and and it was just you know using my driver's license and passport to verify my identity identity and it it must have just gone away and went yep it's real and came back and yes so if we're going to be using it for that kind of authentication then we need to have this process where it can be changed so sounds like that's a that's a, an important one for the state to get across but it does sound like a yeah, pretty successful outcome at a federal level in terms of services australia yeah a- absolutely and, and and i have to say people were very considerate and and he was clearly shocked. You know, he'd gone from thinking he was going to get a, his dream boat and his dream car to suddenly realising just what a hole that he was in. But everybody was so helpful and supportive along the way. Even the local police station that, that didn't have any jurisdictional capability was prepared to try and help us through. Can I ask, so, did he think at some point he was going to have to pay some money to be investing in this scheme or whatever they were talking about? Like him making money, did he think I, he I, would have to use his own money at some point? I've tested him on that a couple of times, and I just think he was so naive and wanted to believe that he'd never actually got that far in his thinking. I think yeah. he just thought that they were they were channeling money through accounts and investing in Bitcoin, and there would be a return come from it. But yet he'd never log into the into this crypto cyber firm that he'd opened an account with. Right. He, did, he doesn't even know how to log into that company, so he'd never even logged into the account. But, no. but it was it was up and active and buying Bitcoin on his behalf. So, man, that's fascinating. I mean. Pleasing that he didn't lose a dime. In fact, he made a hundred bucks. Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> but you've lost a lot of hours of your time. Um, but you've done an amazing thing for your for your father-in-law um, because this is the challenge: is people that don't have people like you um, to help them, to support them, to get them through this. Which is why we all need to know about it. Like, mate, I wouldn't. Yeah, and- to be honest, I don't know where. I don't know where, if I would have known where to turn. So. That one conversation with a, a cop mate of yours, I think it was, you know, yes. sending you the the report cyber. That's like that's huge. That's a big link in the chain, isn't it? Because with that cyber report receipt, you've you've kind of authenticated the fact that this is real with everyone else you talk to. Yeah, that's exactly right, Trev. And so, so there's two learnings for me out of this. One is the Acorn thing, which I just didn't know existed at the AFP stuff broadly. But yeah. the other one is Facebook, and we all use Facebook, and and I. I feel bad about the fact that he now won't use Facebook. Like I've, yeah. I've taken Facebook off his phone because it, um, it, like even yesterday he was getting text messages from people he didn't know were real or not. And he has this, I think it's the older generation about politeness and respect that he feels he needs to respond to every message about everything. And that's yeah. what was happening in the, the messenger chat is yeah. that she was putting, reading through the messages, she was putting so much pressure on him to do everything so quickly that he, didn't have time to stop and think, and yeah. so, um, yeah. so, so we, as a family, we've now decided to remove him from Facebook. I, I've taken it off his phone. I still have access to it for now, in case the AFP need access to it. But it's um, it, so, so that's a bit of a blow from a community aspect. And, and yeah, you um, think about how he was using it. You know, here he is yeah. trying to set up a fishing group. That's exactly what Facebook should be used for. Cor- correct. That's Sad. exactly right. Mm. But. Um, but and, and and look, the other thing, and this this unfortunately is just an older person being by themselves. M- much of the bad stuff happened at night when he was starting to have a tipple. You know, he'd yeah. get late in the day in the early evening. Yeah, you're seventy four. You live alone. Yeah, as if yeah. you're as if you're not on the drink. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, so you know that that's that's been pretty confronting for him to recognise that that that's contributed to it as well. So wow. Well. You've done a great thing for your family because it could have cost the family a lot more. I mean, heaven knows where it could have got to. Um, even even if someone doesn't have a lot of money, it doesn't prevent them from being victims of a much greater fraud. Um, and it's it's kind of amazing to hear the process as you walk through it. And, I mean, as I said, I can't imagine the time you've spent on it, but 
it's, it's at least rewarding for the family. It's, it, it, thanks, and and a lot of a lot of it is stuff that I've learned from yourself and Steve over the years, where you talked about it on on the podcasts and just general awareness. But the bit that scares me is just how quickly it happened. This it was less than three weeks from yeah. where to go on all this. It just happened. And, and it was funny because only a few days before, my wife had said, "Gee, Dad must be in a good place." I haven't heard from him for a while, but it, it's that <laughs> he was case busy. Of, uh, yeah, yeah, he, he was, was busy playing his role in an international money laundering syndicate. Distracted, working out which boat he was going to order with his crypto earnings. Wow. Well, I appreciate you sharing the story, Paul. Um, it's it's very handy to for people to understand this stuff goes on because also it's not a story about um, being scammed for, of your money. It's about being part of a scam that could have led to something much worse for him um, or it could have just gone on for a long time and he may have then been, I don't know, uh, complicit in it. I mean, who knows how yeah, it all works, yeah, you know? Correct. He may I have not lost a cent ever but just spent time walking across the street with thousands of cash. You'd hope to think the banks would have at, point, at some point raised some alarm bells. But anyway, that's for another day. Yeah, I agree. All yeah. right, Paul, good on you, mate. I appreciate you getting in touch. All the best, mate. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, um, I mean, that's just fascinating to me, and I hope you don't mind me spending that time with Paul because like, when, when I saw his email, I thought of, I feel like it's Frank from a few weeks ago and his, and his partner who had been the victim of fraud and actually lost money, but I didn't know about this Report Cyber. So it's called Report Cyber, the Australian Cyber Security Centre. That's, um, yeah, that's utterly fascinating. So um, I'm, I'm glad everything worked out and hopefully um, – you know, Paul's father-in-law can get back on Facebook at some point with the with the learned knowledge of this incident. All right, let's change tack. Let's keep going with calls. Richard's on the line. G'day, Richard. G'day, Trevor. How are you? Yeah, real good, mate. What can I do for you? Uh, Trevor, I'm uh, ringing about or contacting about a GoPro issue yep. I'm having. A um, couple of Christmases ago, um, I'm tooling around for a GoPro for my daughter. Uh, go online, go to the, what I thought was the official GoPro site. It, it still may well have been. Uh, bought her a um, Hero 7 Silver. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really, right from the start, was a bit glitchy. But um, I'd read a lot about GoPros being glitchy, so I didn't really worry about it. But it sort of got to the point, you know, that she'd never used it. And then about a year later, she picked it up and it was really just dead to the world. Yeah. Went back to GoPro, um, in which, you know, the invoice said Singapore. And despite all the, you know, say, I'll give you a hand, I'll give you a hand, and we'll fix this and we'll resolve this issue. Nothing ever happened. So um, hmm. my so, wife, uh, so what happens when you try and use it? Like it just doesn't turn on or? Just does, just doesn't turn on um, It um, and it won't it won't load up. And when it does, it's got like a grey screen, like the screen of death on it. Um, and prior to that, it would work for a bit, but then it would just basically freeze and lock in place. Right. Um, and they tried to talk me through some software sort of updates, but it didn't really work. And they're actually quite difficult because you had to put something on an SD card or a micro SD card. It's not easy. Back into the no, no. So I've sort of given up. Um, my wife has been highly critical of my purchasing uh, decisions. Um, um, but, I, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'd like to get my daughter a new something similar, but mm. not give my business to GoPro in this instance. What is she going to use it for? Right. So she's a really outdoor kid. So she likes How old? taking it. Um, she's 12. Okay. Um, so she really likes it in the pool, at the beach. Yeah. Um, we're actually up in the territory at the moment. So if we go to like um, places where you can actually swim in the territory, which are few and far between, but uh, 
where you do go, she likes to take it in with her um, um, camping and things like that. So just having that, that accessibility to get it wet and to get it, you know, to drop it or to put it into difficult locations and take video is what she's really keen yeah. on. So <clears throat> here's the long and the short of it. Um, in terms of action cameras, there's nothing better than a GoPro. Right. It's, it's really quite simple. Um, there's a new DJI just out. I've been, I, I had a quick look at it a, a few weeks ago. It's called the Action 2. Tiny little thing. Really cool. Um, I believe it is waterproof, even though I didn't know that from the start. Um, but I wouldn't, it doesn't look like the sort of thing that I would risk outside of its case personally. Um, and that's, you know, that's going to cost you as much, if not more, than a GoPro. Um, and then well, there's the bottom end, <clears throat> non name brands, you know, your Kaiser Bass or, uh, you know, yes, look at JB yeah. Hi-Fi, you'll see other brands like yes. Zero X and all this stuff. Yes, yes. Kogan right. will have so one. So the thing do. is, for 229 bucks, you can get this Zero X. I'm just on the JB website, right? Dual display. Like, it's a GoPro ripoff, okay? Now, yeah. I don't know that it's not going to give you similar or worse problems. I don't know genuinely what the quality of that video is going to be like, but I wonder for a 12-year-old, does that matter? Like... Is a 12-year-old really going to notice the difference between a GoPro 10 and a GoPro 7, for example? And if not, you may not notice with something like this. But the good thing about a Zero X is if you buy it at JB Hi-Fi and you don't like it, you just take it back. Like if it's exactly. failed or something goes wrong, that's your, that's your number one thing. But more importantly, mate, the same applies to the GoPro. The yes. same applies to the GoPro. Now, it may well be that you did buy it from the Australian website and the invoice comes from... Um, Singapore, but uh, look, I just don't know whether or not you're going to win that battle now that it's been a couple of years and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. What I would say to you is that if you could get it, like, what are you willing to spend on it? Well, probably not what I spent on the last one. You yeah. know what I mean? Which I think that was high three hundred. So yeah, okay. I'm thinking, I'm thinking that two twenty nine might be probably around. You know what I'm sort of happy to pay. Yeah. Okay, here, um, hang on. I've got a better I've got a better idea. Answer that. Richard, Richard, I want you to pause. I want you to stay there for a second. Don't go anywhere, okay? I'm just going to run downstairs for a minute, okay? So I'll, I'll come okay. back puffing, all right? All right? Stay there. Okay. Just, okay. Everyone, everyone just hum to yourselves, okay? <laughs> um, I can't whistle. Um, I tried to whistle, but it wasn't successful. I don't know what yeah. you said, but you know, you had you had the floor there for a moment. <laughs> <sighs> I started last week by saying "Merry Christmas," and I think that's an important thing we should always say to people. Um, Merry Christmas. What's your daughter's name? Sophie. I am puffing. Um, so I went downstairs because I've got a big tool chest, big king chrome tool chest. You know, as you would as a builder or something. It's got no tools and it's got one drawer that says actual tools. It's got a couple of screwdrivers in it, but it's got all my gadgets and cables and all that stuff. But there's one drawer that says GoPros and action cameras. It's where I keep all the GoPros when we go and do car reviews and stuff. Um, and I'm sure in there, I was right, there's one that I swear to God I've never turned on because it's still got the sticker on the back. You know when you buy a GoPro or something, it's got a sticker on the back that yes. kind of pretends yeah. that it's got a photo in it? Mm -hmm. So this is a GoPro Hero 7 White. I'm pretty confident I've never used it. I'll send it to you, mate, okay? Now, it's not oh, in a box. Sure awesome. It's not a, you know, right. it's not in a retail box or anything, but 
do you know what? Buy her something else for 150 bucks that's brand new. So she's got, you know, you know what? Actually, I'll send it to you. Test it. Use yourself. Don't not don't tell her about it. Test it. See okay. if it works. And then spend that money on accessories for her. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. there's yep. so many cool things you can buy. Like, there's um, don't buy the bite mount. It's really weird, but you can actually bite this mount and and the camera then kind of is on your chin. But you know, there's chest mounts. There's um, there's uh, suction mounts. There's little um, tripody uh, selfie stick style things you can buy. You can go nuts at JB or Harvey's or somewhere and buy little mounts and things. So, let me send you this so that Sophie has a go. Because here's the thing. I don't think GoPros are bad. I've never had a problem with them. So I think you got a dud. Okay. And, and I think it's weird that they haven't supported in a, in a sense that would actually make you realise how bloody good they are. So um, it's very strange because that, that should be a good unit and I've, I've never seen anyone have a major problem with them. These are, like, they're the industry standard. People use them everywhere for everything. So, oh, I know, I know. And that's why we all we all buy them because that, yeah. they've got such a good reputation. Oh, so, I, can't, I can't fault yeah. them. So this one has literally been sitting in my drawer. So there it is. It's Sophie's. You, um, I'll reply to your email somewhere and you send me your address. Um, I'll try and get it up to you. I'm going to the post office later today. So if I can find a bag and put it in, I'll get it to you later. Well, I don't know how long Australia Post is going to take it this time of year, to be honest. But um, whereabouts in the Territory are you, mate? <laughs> I'm Darwin, so we're not too bad. Yeah, right, okay. Well, and what brings you up there? Is that work? Yeah, I came up for work for a couple of years and um, I'm finishing up next year and heading back to Bruce Vegas. So, um, yeah, but uh, it sort of gets under your skin up here. It's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful part of the world and um, really good opportunities and great great environment to go um, explore and it's, yeah, yeah, nice. it's a really good place. There's a lot of exploring to be done within short drives, I guess, you know, because everything is just, you know, Everything's a, a exploration when you're new to a place like that. It sounds awesome. I've never been. No, I rec- thoroughly recommend it, Trevor. If you come up before next April, give me a call. I'll, uh, I'll I'll show you around happily. All right, champ. Well, I'll send you this. You send me an email with um, your address. I'll send it to you, and hopefully that uh, makes a great Christmas for Sophie, and you can spend that money on uh, some accessories for her, all right? All right, wonderful. Thank you very much, Trevor. Good on you, mate. Merry Christmas, Cheers. buddy. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you. Bye. Good on you. And if you've got a question like Richard, not that I've got gear to just give away here, but, you know, sometimes I just notice this thing. It's been lying there forever. It's pro- And this is what I call as seen on TV, right? So I don't have the box, but I'm pretty – it's actually still got the mount that came in the GoPro box that says remove, and it's got the sticker on the back. So I'm pretty confident it's just literally been come out of the box and it's sat on a plinth at Channel 9 or here in the studio to show a product that it hasn't needed to be used. So that's what I call as seen on TV. I've got brand new stuff never open. I've got as seen on TV and I've got reviewed. And reviewed is, is something I rarely risk giving away because I don't know whether it's got a cable, the charger, the whatever, the whatever. And I don't want the drama of someone not being happy about it. So um, happy to happy to find a home for something as seen on TV. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM. So I've been riding around on e-scooters for a while, illegally. Prove it, okay? If you're a policeman, prove it. No. Um, look, we ride them around at the netball courts. I have ridden them on the road um, just for testing purposes. Um, I always wear a helmet, but I know it's not legal. So in theory, I could get pulled over. It would be a real narky cop that pulls you over for that, though. Unless you're doing it stupidly, like in traffic on a busy road at a busy intersection. I'm talking back streets around my house. Um, but they're not legal. And a lot of people don't know that. You can buy e-scooters at Harvey Norman and JB Hi-Fi. But they're not legal in New South Wales or Victoria. They are legal in Queensland. I haven't checked the other states. 
But the New South Wales government has just announced they are going to trial e-scooters next year. Now, it'll be in a couple of council areas, I believe, and they may expand the trial over the course of time. But I think this is a good sign. It's a stepping stone. There may be new rules and, and things. Of what I've seen thus far is conversations like, actually, you can ride them, but not on footpaths. Now, that's a, always a weird one for me. We normally ride on the road, but I also think that's a bit dangerous sometimes. So there'd be, uh, uh, for me, a choice of whether or not I would bother um, riding one if it was only the roads. But I think what will happen is they'll say roads at certain speed limits, so, you know, roads that are under 50 k's an hour, for example. So you couldn't ride it on Pennant Hills Road, which is a 70 k an hour um, road. But you could ride it on uh, community streets. But where, are there, where there are bike paths, you may ride it. That's what I think will happen. So the bike path networks around the states, certainly around Sydney, will become uh, usable by e-scooters. And you think about it, man, there are some serious bike paths around. Um, when it's legal, oh, we might ride an e-scooter along the M7 motorway in Sydney. But it's a good move. Like the e-scooter is a way of cutting down on cars on the road. Um, it's a way of... Um, transitioning the short commute into a whole new way of being, which is awesome. So I applaud it. I think it's a great thing and um, some small details and quotes are up at EFTM.com. But yeah, I look forward to it. Let me know if you've got an e-scooter. I'd love to know people that have gotten into it and let me know if you're pushing the boundaries, right? Um, but let me know what your state is like with e-scooters. Is it legal? Are you allowed? And do people do it? Do you see it? I see it. And I see some respectable people just, you know, scooting around the streets. But I also see idiots. And that's the problem. The problem is always the idiots who bring it down for the rest of us. So hopefully the, the regulations are clear and concise and allow us to cut down on the idiots. Because that's the way life should be. Taking your calls, travel along. If you've got a question, get on the website, eftm.com. Chris did. G'day, mate. How are you doing? Excellent, Trevor. How are you? Good, buddy. What can I do for you? Um, look, I'm hoping I'm missing something really simple here, but um, I don't know if I am. <laughs> uh, my mother, um, look, she has an original Foxtel IQ box, IQ1, I think it is. Classic, old um, school, yep. Classic, old school. Um, she's Look, her name's Carrie. She'll listen to this. So, hi, Carrie. Um, she uh, she has had uh, this plugged in by a cable, Foxtel cable, in her apartment. Um, and Foxtel have very recently said to her, "We're cutting off the cable, and we want to offer you an IQ five." Um, which, on the face of it, sounds beautiful. But my um, my seventy something year old mother has done her entire. Uh, Wi-Fi connectivity piece via her Apple iPhone 7. Oh, okay. So she doesn't have line. home internet. She's really just got Correct. her mobile phone, and any time she needs internet, what else has she got? she got like a tablet or a computer or something where she uses internet? She she, she doesn't have anything. She, she lit, her entire digital life is yep. via her, her 7 or her 8, whatever it is, wow. iPhone she's yep. got. And that, look, that's not unusual, let's be honest. Yeah. Yeah, and look, she's she's done it. I mean, she's recently switched from I think Telstra to Belong, um, and she's quite literally on a, I think it's either a twenty five or a thirty dollar plan for twenty or twenty five gigs a month. Oh, what a legend! And yeah, 
And mate, she she uses I think she uses about ten gig a month. Yeah, right. Um, okay. So there's a bit of a rollover piece. She on to Facebook? It. No, no. She, mate, she's she's such an active. I'm trying to think what she's active, using ten gigabytes for. I can imagine my mum just sitting there. She watches ridiculous videos on Facebook. That's all she does. Um, she's certainly <laughs> not watching Netflix or anything. Do you know what I mean? So no, anyway. no. Look, her friends tell her about Netflix, and she goes, "Chris, I don't." You know, it sounds good, but I don't have time. She's she's quite literally very active, mate. Her her TV is a is a big screen TV, but and by that I mean it's probably fifty five or sixty inches. It's yeah. an Aldi one, but it's not a smart TV. So, yeah. mate, she's she's had this old Foxtel box plugged in for ten years, yeah. and you know, especially in the non daylight saving months, she you know. It's her thing. She yep, loves totally. she loves the sport. She so, loves the dramas. Blah. So we've got an old IQ box that needs to be replaced by IQ5 and you don't have internet and the only way to get TV into the IQ5 is via satellite and I'm tipping she's on cable with the old IQ5, uh, IQ1 box. Correct. And they're going to kill and her cable. apartment block. Yeah. And her apartment block doesn't have a satellite dish. She's, she's already checked that. Right. So, so it's a funny thing because the... This is the this is the lost customer of, of Foxtel, or potentially going to be the lost customer, because they're moving away from cable because there's you know a couple of million homes on cable, or maybe it's a million, let's say, and they are paying. I can't remember what the number is, but when I first learned it, I was staggered by it. Something like 140 million a year to Telstra to use that cable. Um, wow! And the weird thing is that when the NBN took over that cable, Telstra retained the right to sell that portion to Foxtel. It's such a rort, the whole thing. Anyway, wow. uh, Foxtel's like, you know what? It's 140 million bucks. We've, we're spending millions on satellites. Why do both, right? So, and satellite, they have better control over. It can be higher definition, ultra 4K, all that stuff. So, essentially, they're saving bucket loads of money and they need to move away from cable and they will literally switch it off at some point, probably next year. Um, they've, told, they've told them March. I, I actually rang them and got their first level customer service and they said by March we're switching off cable. Mm. So. Have they said to you, what minimum requirement there is for internet speeds on the IQ5 box? Because that's the challenge here is that, mate, the cost to get even a half-decent NBN in could well be extraordinary for a woman who's spending awesomely low amounts on a mobile phone. (laughs) Mm. Mm. And that's the challenge, Um, isn't it? That's what you need to do. You need to get an internet plan into the building. That is the only way to get Foxtel. And it's the only way to get... Any of that stuff. I mean, even if I said, yeah, ditch Fox, I'll get a fetch box. You still need internet. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, like I said, she she, she completely uses a phone for everything. For her. Anyway, so look, yes, it would be it would be a dedicated <laughs> um, connection for Foxtel, which she doesn't want to lose. Mm-hmm. You know, she's already paying whatever it is she's paying a month for Foxtel. Um, and, yeah, I mean, she, yeah. She just doesn't want to lose a football and a baseball and a Coronation Street and all that sort of stuff that she watches. So, and I was going to say, um, look, there's a bunch of new ways to to get all this content. Okay, I mean, we we could argue uh, the toss on you know watching football, baseball, all those things on an app and maybe getting her a tablet and um, streaming up to the TV, um, and smartening the TV with a dongle of some sort, um, adding Wi-Fi that doesn't have internet to the to the home so that you can do that. There's a bunch of th- you know, simple things that could be done, but I think way overcomplicates the concept yeah. of what she needs, which is just internet for Foxtel. Um, yeah. The only thing is, has she spoken you. to Foxtel about the their broadband plans? 
Yeah, and they wanted, uh, I asked them the question, and look, I think it was 70 or 80 bucks a month they wanted for their basic, and they On said... On top of whatever she's paying already? Yeah, What's correct. she paying now for Foxtel? Oh, look, I'm going to say it's either 50 or 60 a month. Right, so she's 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 a solid Captain Scrooge. She's she's not one of these people spending 150 bucks a month on Foxtel and then spending only 20 on a mobile. She's doing great. Like that's awesome. Yeah, look. Yeah, I mean and I'm like just waste money, mate. I'm that's just <laughs> I'm just on their website and and that's that's what I'm seeing is, you know, basically a kind of $50 plan um, is 75 bucks a month for unlimited broadband. So that's that's lunacy. Lunacy yeah. to spend that much money. So first and foremost, I'd say don't even think about signing up the Foxtel because the two do not need to be interlinked. Right. But, mate, there's no alternative. If she want, if she must have Foxtel, um, which sounds like she does, there's no alternative than to get an internet connection into that house, into that apartment. Yeah. I, I feared we were going to do that. And, look, I saw your post on, on your website about the Vodafone 4G. Great offer. That's oh, a- brilliant. Ooh. I'm going to jump all over that. And, and, of course, I plug in her address and no, no, this isn't covered in this area. So, um, yeah, anyway. Um, the, the Telstra and the Optus 4G plans aren't amazing. And also, I'll be honest with you, I do struggle with the idea of 4G and 5G being a backhaul for someone whose only need for that is streaming. Then I don't want her to get buffering. Like, that's going to be an awful experience. Um, yeah. So, mate, I... I I'm going to ask Fox all the question, but I feel like they're just going to come back and say the exact same thing. But I just don't know an alternative. You know, Aussie broadband is like 59 bucks, and that's for the 12 meg speed. Now, that should be enough. To be very clear, yeah. do not let any telco talk you up to the 25 at sign-up. If you connect okay. the, on the 12 meg speed, so that's like the most basic speed, it's mm-hmm. 59 bucks a month with uh, with Aussie Broadband. That's unlimited. There might be cheaper plans. Try Whistle Out. The website Whistle Out is great at comparing um, internet plans. And all you've got to do is say, I want, um, let's say, a couple of hundred gigabytes instead of saying you want unlimited and you want low speed. And then you might find an even slightly cheaper plan. But I can't imagine it'll be much cheaper because I think the basic entry level, kind of what the telcos pay the NBN is like 50 bucks a month per customer. So I don't think you're going yeah. to save much more than that. So Put a bit of margin on top if, of that. If yeah. you're on okay. 59 yeah. and the 12 meg plan and you find that it isn't reliable or is, is low quality or is, is, is buffering, then 69 takes you to the 25 and there's no way she needs more than 25. No way. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Um, fair enough. That's amazing to me. Oh, look, I'll ask the question of Foxtel. Um, Thank you. But I don't hold out a lot of hope, I'll be honest, because I think, unfortunately, if you look at, you know, 3 million customers, they think that 2 million will convert easily, um, another half a million will just switch into the internet, and I don't think they've got a plan for this cohort that could well be lost in, in that yeah. in that transition. Especially, yeah, I mean, such a, you know, an IQ one box never missed a payment, yeah. or, you know, loyal customer. So anyway, look, I'm... I'm I hate to say it, but I'm glad you basically come to the same conclusion I did, and, yeah. and you're much more knowledgeable on it than I am. So, um, all right, well, leave it we'll, with me. We'll and and what I might get you to do, I might, I might reply to your original email, and if you mm-hmm. don't mind, and it's up to you if you want to share it or not. If you've got maybe the Foxtel account number or the address and or the address of your mum, if I could include that with the the, the complaint to Foxtel, maybe it'll yeah. make them go, Jesus, she's been with us forever. Like, what are we doing? Um, at the very least, to discount their broadband. Otherwise, yeah. help me out understand what the plan is for these people. 
Thanks, Trevor. I'll, oh, I'll just do that via the, the same process of putting right. this original note in, yeah? Good right. on. I'll, Thanks, I'll mate. I really appreciate it. Good Love on you, show. Chris. Cheers, buddy. Appreciate Thanks, your, your support. Cheers. Good on you, mate. Um, see, that's a tough one because, like, that is the plan for Foxtel to get rid of cable, and there's people who don't have internet but have cable Foxtel. That's going to be mega interesting. Anyway, if you've got another solution that I haven't thought of, let me know. I can get back in touch with Chris uh, anytime. All right, this one's just for people in New South Wales as well. Sorry, but it'll make everyone else jealous, mate, maybe. We've got council elections this weekend, December the 4th, if you're listening at some other time of year or day or month. Um, uh, the local council elections. Not in all councils because there's a couple of councils that have been administered and stood down, so they're not electing. But in most council areas, there are elections this weekend. Now, I remember a couple of years ago, mate, I don't know if it was the last council elections or a couple of state elections ago, I voted on my phone. So I had a look at this, and it's available for the council elections. The New South Wales Electoral Commission has a system called iVote and allows you to vote using your phone or computer. Now, the, the reasons you're allowed to use the iVote system are you have a disability, you enrolled for a postal vote but haven't received it, um, you are low on vision. There's a bunch of reasons, including you're not going to be in your council area on Saturday the 4th. So, if you're in New South Wales and listening to this, here's my advice. Say to yourself, I might go away this weekend, and then go, oh, better vote. So you go to iVote. Um, just I vote New South Wales. Google that. You'll find it. Link is at EFTM.com. And uh, sign up. It says apply to I vote. And it's a pretty quick process, five minutes. You get driver's license, verification, who you are, set a password. Then you get a text message with an eight-digit code. You go to, you click the link, you put in the eight-digit code and your password, you vote. It says, who do you want for mayor? Tick a box. And then it says, who do you want for councillors? Above the line, below the line. Very easy. Like super easy. Click, click, click. Done. Finished. Voted. Finished. That's it. It's so easy. Now, if tomorrow you go, ah, I'm not going to go away this weekend, doesn't matter because you voted. Now, you do miss out on democracy sausage. Democracy sausage. You don't get a sausage singer. But how's that going to work anyway this weekend? Is there going to be sausages with COVID restrictions and all that kind of palaver? I don't know. Fascinating though, right? So I was looking at this thinking, why aren't we doing this everywhere? In fact, why aren't there computer terminals that do this in the booths? It should be hard because it should be discouraged to go to the booth. That should be the, the last port of call. You should just be voting online. Instant, easy. And the vote tally, once the polls close, you press a button and it tells you who won. That's it. Simple. Like federally, this is crazy how long this takes. Remember last federal election? It was crazy. It should happen instantly. So let's hope that does happen. All right, let's hope we get some success and we, we, we see this roll out nationally. But I think the politicians, let alone the narcs, might have a problem with it. You never know. Anyway, let me know if you've I voted or if you're jealous. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you've got a question about tech, go to the website, eftm.com. Click on Ask Trev. I'll get in touch, just as I am with Shane. G'day, Shane. How you going, Trev? Where are we, mate? On the road? Yeah, I'm just driving around delivering. Hey, do you, are you a regular courier or what are you doing? Yeah, full-time delivery driver. Uh, Lovely. Company. What do you think of Amazon Flex, my friend? 
Uh, it's not very popular in the uh, in the transport uh, world. I can imagine I that. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. And is that just because it's you know it's a it's a kind of non corporate way of getting getting your business done and therefore it's business that you guys should be doing? Uh, well, I'm I'm not in the courier business. I, yeah. I work for a company delivering goods to, to factories, but yeah. I, I do know guys still in the uh, in the union uh, side of it who um, yeah who are unhappy. oh crap the uh, union would hate it, wouldn't it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I've never been I've never been a massive union man, so I didn't really think of it that from that angle. I just thought of it from the you know, disruptive yeah. point of view. So very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mate, what can I do for you? Uh, I saw an email, uh, uh, sorry, last week's episode. Yep. Uh, I was a guy calling about the uh, Telstra Smart Modem. Craig, uh, yep. With that. Yeah, and uh, as soon as I heard him talking and telling his story, it just reminded me straight away of what I went through with my father-in-law with the same issues. And remind me, so basically he was getting, um, it was it looking like he was getting dropouts, it was really slow speeds, um, yeah. but, but it was like it was dropping over to 4G at times or something as well. It was a very strange thing, which, I mean, people love to bag the NBN, but I, I just don't think the NBN fails that much that you should be seeing 4G switch over as often as he was. No, that's right, yeah. And that's exactly what was happening with my father or father-in-law. He he would he would tell me that he'd be watching Netflix and then he'd get the buffering spinner come up, uh, try and open stand and our thumbnails would load. Um, and then I, I did did some Google Google search and then came up with uh, Telstra forum pages on on their own support pages. People saying disable 4G, log, log into the portal that's on the back of the uh, the modem. Mm. Uh, disable 4G. I did that and then two weeks went by and he had no issues. Wow. So, yeah. the, I mean, that's obviously not official Telstra support, is it? It's probably just, you know, users and there might be the odd, you know, moderator yeah. or something in there. But basically, yeah. the answer to a problem with a Telstra smart modem, and it's smart because it switches over to 4G in the case of an NBN outage, is to yeah. disable the very mm-hmm. smart, inverted commas, feature of it. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Yeah. And, and has that and then- worked ongoing for him? Yeah, but then as time went on, they, they got notifications that, that there was works in the area, upgrades and whatnot, um, go to commons upgrades, um, and they, they had the same problems again where he'd open stand on Netflix and no thumbnails would load or it had just been sitting there for ages until they slowly came up. Mm. Um, I got them to run some speed tests and send me a screenshot and it was showing one one to three megabytes per second, megabits or megabytes, um, and then I, I went over there one day and, and did the same. And I said, well, look, I think it's about time you ditched Telstra and got rid of your, your home phone because you only use mobiles. Signed him up to shameless plug Aussie Broadband because that's who I'd used in the past, not currently. Um, and then when I went home, they said it's all, all up connected within an hour or so. Did a speed test and they were getting about one or two over what the plan speed was of 50, 50, 20. Hang on. So, what, what, using what modem? Telstra Smart Modem. <laughs> So disabled, so, disa- are they on fibre to the node or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah fibre to the node. Didn't change any settings in there uh, because I think that uses uh, PPOE, which is just, it, it just automatically gets the IP from the uh, internet yep. provider. Yep. So it just works straight away, straight out of the box. Nothing changed. Um, so that's fascinating to me. So with a Telstra smart modem, you could mm-hmm. ring Aussie Broadband and switch within hours and not need to do any change. It just happens at the network end. Worst case scenario, yep. power on, power off maybe. Yeah, that's that's right, and I think that's maybe what what I told them to do just just to clear it out. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I'm pretty pretty sure, hundred percent sure that um, yeah, we didn't change anything. Um, and that see the thing the the big learning for me here is that works with fiber to the node. I knew it would work with yeah. a 
<coughs> you know, uh, uh, I guess if I were to the premise or HFC, the because premises, yeah. you've got the NTD box, you've got the NBN box, which is the end of their network. And so the modem yeah, yeah. really will connect to anything there. Um, yeah, yeah. That's fascinating. So, wow. Yeah, and what, so so what did they think of that? Because obviously the switch, they, they'd be like, oh, Telstra's great. We want to stay with well, them. Well, it's great because I, I also switched over to Boost months before that as well. They've been on that for about six months. And, yeah, right. and, and they, were, they were on Telstra paying ridiculous amounts for data they never used. Have you worked at how much um, you're saving them every year now? Uh, well, whatever the fifty twenty plan of Telstra was, they're now paying. Oh, it's probably within ten or twenty bucks a month. Yeah, but you also uh, save them yeah. some cash on their mobile. It sounds like too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, we've got them on a twelve month SIM only plan, so uh, wow. two hundred. So, so the lesson to people is if you've got a Telstra smart modem on on the Telstra NBN network and you're having any <laughs> connectivity issues, disable the four G backup. And yep. also, if you feel concerned about the speed you're getting. Test it with another provider. It's not as cumbersome as a lot of people would think. And I think that's the challenge is people think it's going to be a nightmare to switch, don't they? Yeah, that's right. Because for days they had barely, barely any speed, like pretty much dial-up speed. And then the minute it switched over, the first speed test, that that same day they were they were just over their, their 50 download. And it's been constant since, rock solid. Wow. And I told them, you know, switch to someone like that or, or, or Superloop or who I'm with. Because they invest in the infrastructure in the area to make sure that there is enough to, to cover everyone. I had this argument on uh, the local community Facebook page, which I try not to engage in. Um, yeah, but someone yeah. asked a question about their Optus connection, and a bunch of people said switch to Aussie Broadband, and everyone else was like, "It doesn't make any difference." And I then shared a link to the CVC graph, which Aussie Broadband That's has. Right. And That's in fact, right. in and our area, the night before, they had boosted their bandwidth because it had come close to peaking out. And so on the graph, you could see they'd lifted the threshold because they'd yeah. noticed that it was peaking out. Yeah. So what made you switch to Superloop? Uh, I was with Aussie for a while, and then I uh, I think I was coming to the end of a... Rock-solid deal, months. I'm tipping. Yeah, 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 yeah good deal. Um, and then I thought I'll, I'll switch to Superloop just to try because why not? I'm on fiber to the premise. So I can go, go month to month and change whenever. Mm. Um, I'm out of that that six months uh, deal with them now. Uh, I was also on a, uh, a six month upgrade from a hundred, 140 plan to uh, a gigabit plan. And that, that expired. And then now I'm, I'm on the, the, the 140 again, cause I, I just don't, don't need that extra. So I'm yeah. still happy, happy with them. They're, they're all pretty like, yeah, those, those guys that invest in, in the network in those areas really are really good and better than, you know, the big guys who, Charge, charge even more. Well, they invest. The big guys invest in a, in a national network, and they. I don't think they see the local end of it, mm. which is not. I mean, it's just the way they are. They're, they're big, yeah. big. It's yeah, like yeah. the QE2. You know, that's like turning the QE2. Whereas your Aussie broadband, that's a little ferry in the harbour that's able to turn really quickly and get going. So, yeah, um, yeah it's fascinating. It, that is a brilliant experience because a yeah. we learned that the four G four G is dodgy. Um, yeah. And I like Telstra must know about that. I must follow up with them and find out whether they know about it. But also glad to yeah. hear they're um, they're having success with Aussie Broadband. I, mate, I've been with Aussie Broadband. I remember signing up. My I first signed up with iPrimus, then yeah. I switched to I don't know who someone else. Then I switched yeah. to Vodafone, and then at the time I had a nightly radio show, so I had two NBN connections coming in from the one HFC, so that I could get reliability mm. and didn't have the kids. You know, yeah. their network screwing up my radio show. So I then got Aussie Broadband, and that was mm -hmm. the one I've kept, and I've had it ever since. Like, literally since nearly yeah. nearly the second or third month of having um, NBN. And, mate, I've got it at the office here. I get notifications. They tell us when stuff's happening. 
what's Superloop yeah. like yeah. with communication? Because that's my biggest love of Aussie broadband is just over communication. So much info. <laughs> They're pretty good at support as well. I've yeah. I, I've sent. Uh, some uh, some DMs in, in Twitter and they've gotten back within a couple of hours. Nice. Um, I think from memory, Aussie were pretty pretty uh, a lot quicker. Yeah. Pretty they're, they're pretty 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 much the same. Um, and having said that, with Aussie, only last month I I got my mum on Aussie as well because she was again with with Foxtel. She had the uh, hundred odd dollar plan. Got her off. They've got KO binge and slash now, so they're saving all that money as well, which everyone should. Look at um, you. You're like the financial <laughs> expert of the family. Yeah. I and, love uh, it. Also, yeah, and then also ditched their Foxtel NBN and, and got them on Aussie. Their, their downloads with, with the Foxtel NBN was on Wi-Fi by the router, uh, about 43 down, and when we switched her over, she's getting 52 down, even though she's paying for a 50 plan. Wow. Yeah, and that's, and that's the thing. The, the, everyone yeah. should be getting now, with some changes that happened in the early part of this year, you should be getting yeah. on or more than your speed because they yeah, took away right, some of the headroom. So, yeah, yeah, wow. Well, good yeah. stuff, mate. Well done. You are the uh, the financial money-saving guru of the family <laughs> and also, it seems, internet tech support. But I love that yeah, you've shared that knowledge, much. mate. It's really good information, yeah, Shane. Yeah. Thanks for getting in touch. Yeah. No problem. Thank you. Good on you, mate. And, uh, like, that's fascinating. And there's always someone like that in the family, right, that has to go around and help out. But he's not just helping out. He's saving them money. There's mobile savings, switching them to Boost. There's uh, internet advantages and savings switching them to Aussie he's on Superloop himself love it good data that's good that's not just anecdotal that is grassroots knowledge of how good it is to switch internet providers if you're with the same internet provider you've been I don't care whether it's a big guy or a little guy if you if we if you're with the same provider and have been for a while and you've got any frustrations switch and find out whether it's the provider or something else happening the best way to do it. Love it. Thanks. Good on you, mate. Thanks for getting in touch. Trevor Long taking your calls. If you've got a question, get in touch. Go to the website, eftm.com. Daniel, g'day, mate. G'day, mate. What can I do for you, buddy? Uh, what I've done is uh, I've uh, got an iPhone and an I, bought, I got an iPad a couple of years ago, which I never used, and I set them up separately uh, with different iCloud accounts. And then, I don't know, some night, uh, about a year ago, I somehow merged the iTunes onto my iPhone. So I've got two different um, accounts on my iPhone. Yep. And I uh, and then uh, my iPad since died, and it, now it wants to send uh, uh, it wants to send a confirmation uh, code to my iPad. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so I can uh, verify my iTunes account. I've uh, recently, I'm trying to upgrade my new phone I've had for about six months and uh, finally got around to it, but it won't let me do it because uh, uh, the, the code is going to the wrong, uh, yeah, it was going to my iPad, which I, I which is broken, yeah. Yeah, so we're talking about here, your, you've got two iTunes accounts still. One of them is essentially got your music on it. The other one is yeah. the one that's operating on your phone that probably has all your apps downloaded on it. Um, that's correct. And, and you're kind of still using two of them on one device. So yep. is it the case that you can't use the primary one also because you've bought apps and things like that and you don't want to have to rebuy them? Well, yeah. Well, it, it has – it won't uh, – all my apps seem to be um, part, of the, part of the iTunes. So uh, with my new phone, it won't download anything, including music or anything. Uh, um, 
I don't have it with me right now. But uh, Okay, so bottom know. line, we've got an issue. You can't get into your iCloud account because it's trying to verify you through the um, uh, through the old iPad. Now, but you know the username and password for that iTunes account? Yes, I do, yeah. Okay, here's what I would do. I would log on to iCloud.com. Yep. Now, when I, I use iCloud pretty much every day on the web because I use it for, like it's the analytics for how many people are reading EFTM articles on Apple News, right? But yep. um, but it, it requires me to authenticate nearly every third day and it does that by sending a code to my Apple devices, which I'm assuming is what's happening here. But yep. what it does, and I don't know that it does this on a smartphone, but what it does on the web is it said didn't get a code and so you click there and it gives you the option to send a text or other reset mechanisms, because essentially that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. You, you need to reset that second factor authentication. I don't think the phone's the place to do that. I think that mm-hmm. the the iCloud is the place to do that. So if you go to iCloud.com, mm-hmm. then go through and try and sign into that uh, the the music account, the one that you want to use. Yes. And any any issue getting through, you need to look for those, you know, forgotten password, all those kind of weird you know, steps and links that allow you to um, reset. Because you essentially want to reset that um, uh, second factor of authentication. Now, I'm looking at my, I mean, when when I log on to mine, it's pretty crazy, right? Because I've got a lot of devices. Um, Mm -hmm. But when I log on and I go up the top, it says Trevor. I click there, I go account settings. And it's got an iPhone, iPhone 11. And I go, I'm definitely not using that anymore. I finished using that a couple of weeks ago, in fact. I click on it and it says lost, sold, or gave away this device. Yep. And I'm just clicking on it and it tells me what to do uh, if you no longer have it, uh, which just tells me to tell the new owner to do stuff, which is a bit stupid. Um, So maybe not that, but I definitely want you to try and log into your iCloud account, which it shouldn't let you do because it'll it'll send that code Ask for the other options, right? Text yeah, okay. message and see yep. whether it lets you log in, okay? Yeah, so I can – other options, well, the other options be uh, like maybe send a, like it, a new number or – What it said a, to – what, it, what the, the options it gave me when I logged in just literally a few hours ago, it said – because I saw your email, it said send a text. I think it was send an email and, mm-hmm. and other, which I didn't click on because it was going to be like, you know, a whole range of – tech support issues around, you know, reporting um, or resetting your account, which is essentially what they're going to need you to do. Um, yep. But that's the process, mate. It's Bottom line, ain't going to be easy. <laughs> Let me no, be clear. No. Um, because you because they want it to be hard because it's it's not meant to be easy for someone to get into your device or your account. That's correct. So that's the way but they I have want all it to my be. Passwords. I have all my passwords and, yeah, which is, uh, yeah, the same on was on both iTunes and things, which I know I shouldn't do, but uh, I've, uh, I had them, I had them synced as the same, so I remembered them. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, so I do have the part. I do remember them, so I just have to, yeah, I'll, I'll give that a go. That'd be great. Mate, iCloud.com, all right? Excellent. Good on you, mate. Thanks for getting in touch. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thanks, My pleasure. Um, you know, not guaranteed to fix, but um, I think that's the next step. Often it's not as easy as it sh- you might want it to be, but it's for a reason. It's f- it's so that um, yeah, it's so that you can actually get um, security over your account. You don't want someone random getting into your account. That's why they make it hard. EFTM.com. It might sound crazy what I'm about to say. 
fun. Good fun. And a nice way to wrap up the show. It's uh, wonderful to have your company. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Love you to leave a review and a rating if you can if you're listening on iTunes. Also, hey, you could just tell your friends too. Like you could share on like social medias. <laughs> so that'd be cool. Um, anyway, it's always great having your company and always great helping people. Hopefully we did a bit of that today. And we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, folks. Talk to you next time on the FTM Podcast. <laughs>